0: All right, guys, one, two, three, here we go! Can I get a little motivation, a little energy? I want you to be excited with me. This is Juan Santos over at the Counselor's Journey, and we are going to dive into another episode all about teaching you mental health professionals how to a start, b grow, c scale a six-figure counseling private practice without without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. You know. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I have two kids, Nola and Alex. And I want to tell you about Alex, and maybe you'll get a good laugh out of this. Parenting, parenting is an interesting journey. And, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even sure where to start this story. Let me start it from the beginning. That's a good place. So my wife and I, we, we, go and we, we, we drive up to go pick up Alex from school, and he's in uh, pre-K. He's four years old. And we get there, and the teacher's walking out with him uh, to the car, and she's got this look. And as a parent, you know these looks that your te- the teachers give. And it's those looks that, yeah, your son probably did something they shouldn't have done. And, you know, Alex is a rascal. He is uh, a mixture of a rascal, Dennis Domenes, De and such a sweet, such a sweet child. Um, but his apple dropped right from my tree. So (laughs) as, as a child, I was, I was a bit mischievous, um, as my mom would say. And the teacher, teacher, um, lets him in the car. And then she says, uh, he ended up, he ended up pushing, uh, I think, um, one one of the other kids in the class. And she said, you know, they were tired and, and it's, it's during, you know, during this stage and this age that they do that, um, not to worry about it. Um, that she already talked to him and, um, you know, it kind of left us with that. And um, we, we we drove home, and, you know, we tried not to focus on that. And then later we asked him, you know, what happened? And he said, he said, nothing, nothing happened. You know, so he wasn't wanting to tell us what happened. Um, but we finally got to it, and my wife was like, maybe we could write the other, the other um, child that he pushed a note uh, or make him a drawing or something. So then Alex was all about it. Uh, we, we got some sheet of paper out, and we drew a picture and colored it and everything. And he was really all about it, right? He was excited. He was coloring it. He was so excited about it that when I tried to help him color it, he he was like, no, dad, I got this. You know, I want to color it for her. And I was like, all right, look at this right here. I'm I'm a proud moment. (laughs) So I was was really excited that he was taking ownership, right? He was taking ownership over the action that he did, right? Pushing um, the other kid in class. And he was willing to take, you know, to step up and to write this note or draw a picture that said, I'm sorry, um, or had the words, I'm sorry, and then a little drawing on there. So it was beautiful, you know, r- really a beautiful moment. And the next day, my wife and I, we, we take him in the morning to school. He gets there. And you know, he says, yes, you know, he's going to give her the uh, give the other child the notes and so forth. So you know, my wife and I were like, hey, Starbucks time. You know, we, we felt, <laughs> felt really accomplished as parents. Look at us go. Um, and if you're a parent out there or if you're anybody out there that loves Starbucks, that's yeah, a great way to reward yourself. So, you know, we're enjoying our cup of coffee. And we're talking about just her childhood and my childhood. And, you know, just how, how proud we are, you know, that he went through something like that. It's a tough moment, but he, he got back up. Right. It was constructive for him. And and later that uh, that afternoon, you know, we're back in the car and we're driving there to pick him up. And his teacher's walking out with him. And dag on it, she's got that same look in her face. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I'm like, shit. I look at my wife and we're like, oh man, what, what, what's the story now? So then, you know, she she lets him in the car and she goes, um, it was going great. He, he gave her the note and he was so excited and i'll tell you he was so excited to give her the note you know to give the other child the note and 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 they hugged and it was just perfect it was so sweet and then later during the day um he 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 told her did you just fart and then everything went downhill again and i was like no <laughs> i was like oh my goodness alex what happened you dropped the ball that's parenting. That so far, that is part of my journey of parenting. I hope that you enjoyed that as a good laugh. You know, before we dive into today's episode, and no, my kids are not out there telling everyone that you fart, but it's it's just one of those moments as a parent where you have like proud moments, and then you have moments where you are like, oh, yes, that's that's my child, and you are growing with it. You know, vulnerability, as Brene Brown says. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you got a good kick out of it. I wanted to have today's episode because I have been enjoying, I have truly been enjoying hiring a VA. And if you would have asked me this years back, I would have said, who is that person way over there saying that they're enjoying hiring a VA? Because I was scared shitless. You know, my worry was, my worry was that my wife and I started the practice from the ground up. You know, I got so used to calling people, answering phone calls, billing, all of those things with her. It. It was just like second nature, and I had worries that if somebody else answered the phone, they would say something that they shouldn't have said or they wouldn't support in the way that I would support, something like that, right? Those type of thoughts really worried me, and then it would lead to a bad review, and then my business will go downhill, and then I will be homeless living on the street. Yeah, it's okay, I have a bit of anxiety, but you get the point. I was, I was really worried. I was super worried. And now I am just my my VA. Her name is uh, Zoe, and Zoe does an amazing, amazing job. And I wanted I wanted to share this with you because I wish that I would have done this so much earlier. I wish that I would have hired a VA right in the beginning, like right as I was launching my business. And you know it's interesting when you look at big businesses out there. A lot of them do that. You know they they like a restaurant. A restaurant brings all their employees right away before even opening. You know they want to have structure. And I think sometimes as you know. Uh, A lot of us, you know, here in the small business field, you know, mom and pop shops, we tend to take these little subtle steps, which are fine because subtle steps are so important. They help us to learn and to become educated and to get our hands dirty. So what we're going to do today is I want to encourage you to think about the idea of hiring a VA. And I want to share reasons why it's important to hire a VA and how easy it is to do that so that at the end of the episode, you're able to say, you know what, I'm ready to hire a VA, maybe two, maybe six, maybe 100 VAs. No, that's too many, but hopefully you'll, you'll get up to a point of confidence. All right. So with a VA, one concept I like for us to think about is numbers. You know, whenever I think about, you know, my hourly rate, I'm going to throw a random number out there. Say it's a hundred dollars per hour. And it takes me 15 minutes to talk to a new patient and then convert that patient into a client. Right. And it's a hit or miss. We know the game. Sometimes people are really into it. in conversation. Sometimes they're calling because they're just checking around. Right. They're, they're checking their options, which is fine. Certainly check your options. So we go into the data metrics. 15 minutes of my time went in there. And more than likely when I um, dedicate my time to a 15-minute call, that could have went to a session, right? So then the idea of hiring a VA, and let's say you hire a VA at $15 an hour. Well, during that 15-minute right period, I could have had a VA there. I could have paid that VA $15 an hour, while I could have pulled in $100 for that hour. So that's the first one there. You know, whenever we look at building a business, we do need to step away from that clinical mindset. You know, Our trade is that of a psychotherapist or a social worker or a psychologist, psychiatrist, you know, whatever your trade is out there. That is our trade. On a whole separate page, right, the other mindset, that entrepreneur mindset, that one looks at this data that we're looking at here, the metrics, being able to acknowledge that, yes, part of the trade maybe gives us that push and want to be on the phone, to have those conversations, to get to to know those individuals. But if we do that, our business is not going to be able to level up. It'll be able to get to a certain point. And maybe that's the point that you want it to get to where it's going to make X amount of money or X amount of caseload. But if you're wanting to level things up, if you wanted to take stress off your back, yes, stress off your back. Who doesn't love that? I I certainly do. (laughs) Then we need to look at that part of the mindset, the entrepreneur mindset. And that's something really that I push a lot out there, you know, whether it's here on a Counselor's Journey podcast or I'm doing consulting. I think it's important for us to acknowledge you've got your trade, right? You got that mindset and then you've got your other mindset that has to do with that business side. Both of them need to be polished and taken care of. Now, the other point that we're going to get into for hiring a VA that I want to encourage you to look at is weekly meetings. You know, it's important that when you hire this VA, you are taking time to meet with them. You're taking time to get to know them. You're taking time to treat them as an employee versus just hiring someone, giving them some stuff to do, and then, you know, never speaking to them again. You know, imagine doing that with a patient. You have a first session. You give them a whole bunch of information and then you say, well, I hope the things work out for you. See you later. That, that business may, you know, a business is probably gonna last, not gonna last too long, right? So, whenever you do hire a VA, here's what I want you to look at. A, I want you to think about their job duty, you know, their job requirements. What are they gonna do each and every day? What are they gonna focus on? How are you gonna measure what they focus on? And then, this is where it's important that you actually Treat it like a hiring process, you know, whether you go through a company, hire a VA that, you know, it's already um, oriented to the mental health field or you go, you know, the traditional route and you use like Indeed and hire um, an assistant there, be able to sit down and think about job requirements. What do you want them to do specifically? And then think about the pay rate. Compare the pay rate to what, you know, your hour is and then what you can afford there because, you know, each of our payers are there for a little bit. Also, look at your pay rate with the market around you. You know, what's the going rate? And an easy way to do that is really to go and get on Google and then Google jobs for um, a receptionist for mental health office or assistance for mental health offices. And you're going to be able to have the information right there in front of you where it gives you uh, that data as far as, you know, here's the range um, for that rate. Um, one, one of the things I like to look at, you know, when you're hiring, is your steps for hiring a VA. I like to do for my end where I share, you know, the um, the application, and then I do email communication, and then I do an interview with them. Um, and my wife and I were both in that interview, really just getting to know the person, them getting to know us, talking about work culture, expectations from us, expectations from them, their job history, their experiences, their experiences specifically with mental health patients. 'Cause you know, it's very different you picking up a phone, let's say, from a customer from Time Warner Cable, versus you're picking up a phone from a customer that's coming coming from a mental health office. You know, at that point you're talking about someone calling maybe at a high level of stress or anxiety, really needing urgency or needing empathy and compassion during that conversation versus maybe a, a black and white talk. Um, another point that I like to look at is, you know, once you already onboarded uh, your VA uh, is some sort of system that you implement where you are meeting with them and then you're evaluating what's taking place, some sort of a record keeping, if you will. So to kind of give you an example of what this looks like, and you can use this in different facets or different areas of the practice, but I'll give you one simple one. Let's say you have a VA and then all they're doing for you is um, taking in calls, right, and scheduling. So maybe at the end of the week, um, you can have a system where you sit down with them and they share with you. These are all the calls that we had. These are the ones that uh, agreed to schedule. These And they agreed to schedule with this uh, counselor on staff. Um, This is the number one reason or the top reasons uh, in a tier system of why people called the office. Uh, For instance, people called for anxiety. People called for marriage support. People called for depression. uh, People called for uh, assessments. This is the type of service people require, uh, um, um, ask for individual counseling, couples, group, etc. You can have on there where they go into, Uh, This individual was scheduled through the email system. This individual um, was scheduled through the phone system. And then you're probably thinking, like, why all of this information? Well, the more information that you have, the better business decisions you're able to make. And I'll give you an example of that. So let's look at, you know, if you have the VA and they are giving you details as far as the services that people are requesting. From your end, if you're noticing that, you know, within the last three months, the top 10 services that people have um, requested. You know, the number the number top three out of those 10 are relationship, anxiety, um, and depression. Then you can go to your marketing efforts and you can look at your marketing efforts and you can say, why are we spending all this time on child therapy? You know, that's not even on the top 10 list of why people are coming into the office. So then you can shift your marketing approach to focus on the areas that are working. And in that way, you know, again, you're looking at becoming a smarter, more effective business owner, right? Instead of working harder, which is, yes, so important to work hard. We also want to work smart. You know, we want to look at innovation, creativity, ambition, mixing those so that you can um, sharpen the tools and the systems that you have within your practice. Uh, another point that you want to look for the VA um, is a, a training process, especially in the beginning. You know, with the VA in the beginning, I like to meet with them more frequently, you know, when things are getting off. Um, e- even, you know, for my end, something that I did with my wife was in those first few months, um, I would meet frequently in order to get feedback from them. I would ask questions like, what was it like whenever a patient would call you? What was it like for you when you had to call the patient back? Um, what, what did you notice uh, whenever you told people that you know the counselor Juan um, w- would be giving you a call back? You know, did you notice that they were resistant to it? Were they open to it? When you weren't able to pick up the phone call and you called them back, um, did they already have a patient? Uh, or, I mean, a, a counselor they scheduled with, or w- did they seem open to wait until you called back? That type of information it helps you get to know the VA. It helps you get to know you know the climate around it, and overall just build that war culture that you have. Uh, another point I like to look at with the VA um, is where you engage in some sort of like positive treatment, really taking care of them. You know, the VA is that first person that, um, well, depending on where your VA is at, but let's say the VA is the intake uh, coordinator, right, taking your calls. Well, they're going to be that first person that um, clients and uh, patients. Or looking for your practice or referral sources they're gonna be communicating with. So really taking time to show them support, show them appreciation that you're there for them versus just cutting them loose and you know not having frequent check-ins. I think that could lead to potential bad practice where things may go in the wrong direction. And the last point that I want to share, and there's a lot of points that we could have went into, but I want to bombard you. You know, there's so many podcasts out there, and sometimes, at least for me. When there's too much information, it's, it's difficult for me to pull away and then engage in effective practices. So one of the things that I wanted to do here in a counselor's journey, and so many of you have emailed me about it, that you enjoy it, is that it's bullet points. You know, we go into key areas, but we focus on them on a very black and white manner. So when you leave, you're able to go, bam, I can do this, bam, I can do that. The last one I want to share with you uh, that has to do with VA is focus on the area of you getting your feet wet, you getting your hands wet. Some clinicians do this, some don't. I think it's really important to do it because you're able to know what's happening, you know, behind the scenes when they're working. Um, And I'll give you an example of how it could lead to a negative. So let's say that I had no experience in doing billing, right? Um, And I hired a VA to do billing and I'm paying them an hourly rate. And, you know, at the end of the month, it's $1,000 a month that I'm paying them. With, with the question that I have is, would there be have been a difference if I have, would have had experience doing th- that practice, right, to doing that service? You know, what if I had experience doing the service and for me it would have took less time and less hours? You know, at that point, you're able to know if the person is working effectively uh, just so that you're not being, you know, used in any kind of negative way. I've worked with several um, consultees, I think is the name, where they shared with me that they've hired, and this happened mostly with um Persons for marketing and persons for intake. So one um, uh, consulting person I worked with, they used to write their own blogs. Um, And then for them, um, it took, let's just say, uh, 10 hours um, a a month to get them knocked out for four blogs. Um, And then they hired a a VA to do the same exact task. And they noticed that the time doubled. Um, so for them, they already had their, they already had their hands wet. They knew what the research looked like. And then what they did was they just had a conversation with that VA and said, you know, share with me your process. How do you do your blog writing? Um, and then from there, they were able to come to a, a, a grounding uh, position. They were able to, you know, support each other, um, and, and find some sort of stability. Uh, and then another case that I had where I was working with another consultee was where they had a new intake coordinator. So someone answering the phones, um, And the individual that I was working with, she shared with me that, you know, for her, she would spend somewhere between um, five hours to seven hours, you know, per week on the phone, whether it was returning phone calls or answering phone calls. And then her phone, she would log. So it had a, you know, backlog and all of that so she could track it. And then she noticed that the person that she hired was going way above those numbers. Um, And and she had to let that person go because obviously, you know, there were some really unethical things going there. The person was going way over the hours and not really tracking them. Um, Again, this is where it's important for us to, A, have a hiring process versus just tossing someone in there. You know, look at your boundaries, look at your ethics. B, if you can, try to get your hands wet, you know, get familiar with the work. Get your hands wet so that you know if you hire someone roughly what they'll be doing in there. And let's just say you don't. Get your hands wet. Make sure that overall when you're hiring a VA, you have metrics where you're measuring everything. Take time with your VA to connect them to your work culture. I'm not saying that you need to have weekly meetings on Mondays that are 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. You know, it's your it's your business, your system, whatever works for you. But have some sort of familiarity in there where your VA connects to your work culture and you're able to maintain that relationship with them. Um, and then the last one, take care of your VA. Just like you take care of your patients, just like you take care of yourself, take time to take care of this individual because they're going out of their way to represent your business, you know, to support it, to help it grow. So allow them to see that, whether it's through emails that you send, um, a nice gift card, a gift basket, some sort of act of kindness on there. I hope that today's episode was helpful. One kindness I want to ask for is for for you guys to take some time if you can to... Leave a review wherever you listen at. You know, on there, there should be some button on there that allows you to click to leave a review. Let me know what you enjoy about the episodes. Let me know what's helpful. Let me know what ideas you have that you would like for me to um, engage in uh, or to have here on the podcast of The Counselor's Journey. Thank you for being part of the community of The Counselor's Journey. Continue to support others like you're doing. Thank you for supporting others as you're doing each and every day. As you head out today, guys, I want you to give yourself a big old hug, a big old high five, because listen, you're doing it. You're taking time out of your day to build your six-figure private practice. You are tapping into ambition. You're tapping into curiosity, and you're doing it here together. We're holding hands. We're walking on this journey, a private practice journey. Before you head off, do me a kindness. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know which episode really stuck out to you. Which one made you go yes, I need to start doing a little bit more of that, or yes, I am doing that, and I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am seeing amazing changes. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to growing together on our journey.